Well, boys, it's time to talk about some manscaping. Manscaping has the tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is the place to go. They got the lawnmower 3.0. Let me tell you, not only is it safe, it gets a nice close trim. Uh, you know, you might only have to use it once every month if you uh, if you're uh, you know precise enough. So make sure you check out Manscaping, um, the crop preserver. Now that is a great product, especially for quarantine when you're trying to you know just lounge around all day and maybe you're you're not in your normal routine of taking a shower every day because you don't have anywhere to go well the crop preserver will keep your crops preserved while you are just chilling on the couch and, and avoiding a shower so make sure you check out manscape use the code dnvr20 and get 20 percent off your entire purchase plus free shipping it's a hell of a deal Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by msudenver.edu online. Head to msudenver.edu online to scope out all they have to offer. That is Metro State, great place over there, offering all sorts of stuff. And what better time than now to go out and get your degree, finish off your degree, whatever you still have. To finish off, maybe you want to get another degree. Maybe you want to, you know, just learn something new. I couldn't think of a better time than now to jump in. So make sure you head over to msudenver.edu slash online. They've got fully online programs ranging from health professions to cybersecurity to communication to human development. They've got everything you need to thrive in your field. This is really cool because it's one of the few, maybe not one of the few, but it's one of those partners that we get everyone can benefit from no matter if you're in sweden you're in aurora wherever you are across the world you can benefit from this and and really you know further your education for metro state everyone knows i've always been a huge roadrunners guy big roadrunners fan right here uh, <laughs> and uh, my fandom has only gotten stronger so make sure you check out msudenver.edu slash online Hey, I went to a uh, Roadrunners basketball camp growing up. Best camp I've ever been to. All right. Well, you know, support the Roadrunners in every way you can. They, you know, one of the better D2 programs around on the basketball court. Oh, yeah. Who was they, the coach back then, do... Zach? Was it uh, Mike Dunlap? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was there for a long time, so it, it very well could. Yeah. All right. Well. We are currently coming to you via Zoom, as I think everyone has uh, become familiar with, and I officially lost track of what uh, quarantine <laughs> pod this was, so congrats, Mace, you, you called it. It's 12. All right, quarantine pod 12. As, as Mace 12. throws up 10 fingers. It is 10 and 2. <laughs> 10 and 2. I should have done like, uh, like that. One, two, then people would be like, 3? No. 1, 2, 12. <laughs> Uh, so quarantine pod day 12, we have 
mastered uh, Zoom and, and all of the things you can do with it. And the Broncos will soon have to master Zoom themselves because that is how the draft will be conducted. There was some, you know, uh, in unclear language about how it was going to be done. And places like the Saints were like, cool, we'll just go set up at a brewery instead of <laughs> on our facility. And, and the NFL was like, no, that is not the point here. We don't, it's not like we care about you being at the facility or not. We don't want you guys together. So they came out yesterday and said it will be fully virtual. Everyone will be conducting this from their houses. And uh, it's going to be really interesting. But I, I commend the NFL for trying to find a way to make this work and, and laying down guidelines so that, you know, teams aren't manipulating the way to do this. Yeah, although and exactly how they go about it might be a little bit different because, according to uh, Peter King, it may not be Zoom. They might use Microsoft Teams because some teams are concerned about hacking into Zoom and concerned about maybe some other enterprising or devious team tapping into their draft conversation. Why is everyone beating around the bush? They are worried about the <laughs> Patriots. Hacking into everyone's software. Like, right. I, I, I was going to say the exact same sentence. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Just say it. We don't want the Patriots hacking our software and knowing what we're doing. Like, that is what everyone is worried about. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, I mean, just, just this weekend, it was coming out that John Elway was prepared to host the draft, to host the Broncos draft at his house. And no, that, that can't even happen. It's not just they have to be at a remote location. No, everyone has to be in their own home. Vic and John cannot be together to do this draft. And boy, that's significant because throughout the, the few times that we've heard from Vic Fangio over the past couple of weeks, he's been asked about this, of course. And one of the things he said was, uh, what, as long as John and I are together, as long as we have our little crew together, it doesn't matter where we do the draft. Well, you guys don't get to be together now. So I really want to ask Vic, how, how significant is that now that you don't get to be together? They're together. Like, what's the difference? What's the difference between being on Zoom and being next to each other? I, I find a difference when there's like a trade that needs to be made or something. And then you're trying to communicate multiple different ways virtually. John's like taking off his gamer headset, <laughs> picking up his phone. Hey, John Lynch. Okay. Like he's trying to hold up the microphone. Like guys, guys, give me a thumbs up if you're down to send, you know, Garrett Bowles in a fifth to the, to the 49ers. Um, let's, hope, let's hope Vic isn't the one talking to John Lynch or else it'll get confusing when he's like, John, does that sound good? And he's like, yeah, okay, John, that sounds good. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what I'm thinking also. Obviously, John and Vic will be together, but uh, you or not together in person, but they'll probably permanently have a, a Zoom connection. But let's say you've got that conversation. You say, okay, let's bring in, uh, let's, let's, we're going to look at a defensive lineman. Let's bring in Bill Kolar. And then you've got Matt Russell and others. And then you've got trade offer coming in. And so, I mean, you've got to have multiple devices, multitasking. There's going to be a communication failure for some team at some point during this process of the 254 selections in the draft. Well, it's some a good thing we have a, a pick mangled because of an issue. Well, it's a good thing the Broncos don't have an entire coaching staff full of old dudes. 
Oh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> this could be a fantastic comedy, actually. Just a bunch of old dudes having to probably learn all of this for the first time and then have the most important day and days of, of their year be used for this. What? Wouldn't it make sense to give every single coach their own IT person at their house with them? Yes. Like, don't mess around with this. Do not let this screw you up. Pay – literally the Broncos could send out a tweet, hey, we're looking for help from IT professionals in the Denver area. And they'll have 500 applications by the end of the day, <laughs> at the very least, that of people that will do it for free. Yep. <laughs> To get to hang out in Vic's war room, John's war room. Yeah, or even just you're hanging out at Zach Azani's house. And right. Or, that's not a good example. Bill Kolar, not a good example. Maybe like Ronaldo Hill's house. And you don't even know if he's going to actually get a call. <laughs> All right. But you just get to hang out there. I mean, I guess that would maybe violate the idea of keeping everyone separate but maybe they could just be like every person could have their own it person on the line you know that's just always reachable hey hey i'm having trouble getting into this zoom meeting and he's like oh you just have to go to the bottom where it says manage participants and admit him <laughs> into the room well you you got to start with the okay is your computer on you got to start with uh, ground zero with with these type of people i mean i'm thinking that the, the because you have to have another click to get the audio and have the computer audio or the device audio that you're in a situation where there have been coaches that have been sitting there befuddled and they're like, okay, I, they haven't turned on the audio, but they don't realize that you have to turn it on. And they're just talking to themselves, la di da di da <laughs> And like, I can't hear anything. Can you hear me? And yeah. What this, what this does mean is John Elway went, when he said what they were very ahead of schedule or something in terms of their draft prep, it, that better be the, the case because now instead of finishing up their draft boards and everything, which of course they'll still be doing, they actually need to spend a good chunk of time two weeks out uh, of the draft, not focusing on their draft and mock drafts and where, where things are going to fall, but they need to, they need to focus on this. And, and, and so it does take a little bit of time away, but Hey, John said that they were very ahead of schedule. So if that's the case, then, they should have a little bit of time to, to do the technology part. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of time here. And, and I think that's why the NFL got ahead of this and just said, no, you're going to have to do it this way because now that, you know, they have all this time, they should be able to get everyone set up, everyone, you know, heck, if they need new computers, they, they have time to do that. You know, maybe Vic's working on some like Acer laptop from 2004 and they're like i'm pretty sure his cell phone is from about 2008 based on the video that we saw last week the funny part is in that video he scrolls over and there's an iphone on his desk he just yeah. clearly <laughs> has no interest in using a, that updated technology um okay so that is the draft it's going to be conducted from home surely there will be some team that complains about an issue and uh, oh yeah Oh yeah, if there's a bad pick, you 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 can bet that there uh, a GM will drop the uh, well. You know, if we didn't have that technology mess up. Yep, totally. Yeah. Oh, we were on the clock, and then you know Matt got booted from the Zoom meeting. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just, he he was in charge of pick forty six, and <laughs> and you know he said 
Henry Ruggs, and I thought he said John Riggins. <laughs> and, you know, everything went astray from there. Can you imagine? Someone's going to be victim of this. You just have yep. to cross your, cross mm-hmm. your fingers that it's yeah. not your team. Yep, that it's one of the other 31 teams. Well, just imagine, though, if, one, if they're a victim of this and they don't get their pick in time and you have a scenario except done digitally like the 2003 draft when the Vikings didn't have their pick up there and you had three or four teams that were stampeding to the podium with their picks and we got about an hour's worth of selections done in three minutes. So if a team takes too much time and all of a sudden you've got whoever's in charge madly clicking and make sure, hey, we got our pick, we got our pick, we got our pick. If you don't get the, uh, the, the technology problem fixed, you could, if, uh, you could end up going from pick eight to, like, pick 13. Oh, gosh. I think everyone should just have to set their draft boards and just auto-draft it. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. Have your picks in to Thursday at 2 p.m. or something. Yep, and then they just run it. And whoever's tops on your board when your pick comes up, that's who you get. <laughs> Teams would probably end up with better drafts, at least some of them. Yeah, oh, probably, yep. No time to overthink it. Okay, um, you know what? We were going to talk about something else, but this is really, really pertinent. So I have to ask you guys, and I think I know at least one of your answers. This is something that's come up on the DNVR Nuggets pod, and I am infuriated <laughs> by one of the takes. I'll just throw the question out to you. Uh, Zach, I'll let you answer first. What is the first day of the week? Monday. Mace, what is the first day of the week? Monday. I love you guys. We can continue this podcast. We don't have to – no one has to get kicked off. Well, let's just go with the whole biblical thing of, of, you know, a seven-day work week and a seven-day week, and then you say on the seventh day God rested, right? Well, that's – the Sabbath is this is Sunday, is it not in our culture? So wouldn't that be the seventh day? I cannot believe there are people that are so enabled to understand nuances of things that they just look and say, well, I don't know. Uh, it says right here on um, the calendar, the first column is Sunday. So I guess that's the first day of the week. Like you, you aren't able to think beyond just looking at the calendar whatever one is first on the first column on the calendar that's just that that settles it for you it doesn't matter to you that everything starts on monday and like, saturday and sunday we call them the weekend right yes. not, not the, the week beginning, beginning the weekend like i i understand why you might be confused initially when you look at a calendar if you're just an alien who came down from space and you're like oh calendar says Sunday's the first day, so I guess that's the first day. But literally, after you went through one week on Earth, you would now understand the week begins on Monday. <laughs> so what's their, what's their argument? Just that Sunday is the first day on the calendar? And some sort of, uh, I think there's some sort of like biblical. Oh, a biblical uh, response to Mace's biblical. Well, I think there's in some, uh, in Judaism, for example, the Sabbath is from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And there are what they call um, Seventh-day Adventists, Seventh-day Baptists that do their Sabbath on Saturday. Yeah, so it just – it doesn't – like everything operates with Monday as the first day of the week. No one – if 
the second that you like the only people who are allowed to say that sunday is the first day of the week is people who actually work sunday through thursday right if you do if you do that then you've got a case no one else does <laughs> so like kyle clark people in a tv news that basically they used now their work week is sunday through thursday they can say that yeah yeah if you want to say like for me the week starts on sunday then you know by all means the rest of us we all know deep down the week begins on monday for everyone actually you know you know who could say it the week begins on sunday too college football people yep you play on saturday and then sunday you start going to the next week but in pro football hell no you can't say that Boy, living in a world where Sunday is the first day of the week seems just miserable. Then you only get one day of the weekend. Uh, you're on to the next day on Sunday morning. You're thinking about Monday already and Tuesday. Uh, no, you got to enjoy life a little more than that. Yeah, especially if you're a football fan, you definitely have to admit that the week starts on Monday. <laughs> yeah, maybe even Monday night after Monday night football. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm so glad that you guys have the right answer there really wait really who, would, who is predictable me or mace i just thought mace was gonna get too logical on like, <laughs> gonna, he was just gonna say hey i you know what the calendar says that so that's what i thought <laughs> yeah, but the calendar and how it displays the date it's basically arbitrary right i mean they could do a calendar where it begins with wednesday if they wanted to yes totally it, yes all that matters is what day of the week it is and what day of the month it is <laughs> Oh, what a relief. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, before we move on, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Right now, you can just call up Breckenridge Brewery. If you're listening to this right now, you can just call up Breckenridge Brewery and like, be like, hey, I'm running low on my stock of beer. Can you send me two Sixers of Strawberry Sky, two Hot Peaks? I'm trying to make the RK special. And within the hour, if you live in the Denver metro area, that beer will arrive at your door with some food whatever you, you want, maybe some wings, uh, you know, whatever, uh, whatever suits your fancy from the Breckenridge farmhouse. And then you're drinking RK specials, eating wings and having a grand old time. So make sure you hit up Breckenridge Brewery, especially if you're going to watch along with us on Thursday, as we watch 1998 week 13 Broncos versus Chiefs. And I think, I think everyone needs this one. <laughs> because you've got prime John Elway going against the Chiefs. The Broncos are undefeated, and, and we'll leave the rest up to the imagination. But I think by the end of this, everyone will say, ah, that felt good. That was nice to see. <laughs> That's what we're watching on Thursday. Make sure you hit up Breck Brew to get you all hooked up and ready to go. And let's say you live just outside of that delivery range from Breckenridge Brewery. Well, I have the perfect solution for you. Check out Davidson's because they have locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, and just like Breck, they are delivering. In fact, they're delivering Breckenridge Brew. Brews straight to you, so make sure to download their app today for incredible deals to order online uh, and sign up for their loyalty program, which will get you the deals. Their app has so much information. Uh, You can't go in the store, but I think it's even better. They bring the booze straight to you. Uh, Curbside pickup they're doing, and also delivery, so make sure to check out Davidson's download their app. Uh, their app has everything you need. You don't need to go in the store uh, with all the info and convenience on their app. You can get the delicious Brex Delicious 15-can sampler pack delivered straight to your door. So we've got you hooked up with Breckenridge Brewery and Davidson's. You're set. 
Yeah, and they have such a wide selection over at Davidson's. There's a an obscure cider from Michigan that I can that I can not find anywhere. They've got it at Davidson's. So you just go on the app, put in the order, go pick it up. They take it right out to you. Couldn't be smoother. Love Davidson's. Wait, there's places that make libations that aren't Breckenridge Brewery. I know it's stunning, isn't it? <laughs> can't relate. Can't relate. Uh, anyways, let's. I'm jump just in. a snob with this stuff. I can't help it. Yeah. You, oh, you have to have your drink from some other place. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> if it's not brewed on Colorado in Colorado on Santa Fe, I'm not interested. Uh, <laughs> all right. First question here comes in from our guy Mark It Snatch. He says, "Hey guys, I learned the other day that." Strawberry Sky is a top five shower beer. Oh, yes. It really hits the spot after a long, stressful day of work. However, it does lead the mind wandering in the clouds, which led me to this question. Why are left-handed quarterbacks so rare in the NFL? In the last 25 years, the only three notables to make the playoffs have been our own Tim Tebow, Michael Vick, and Mark Brunel. In other sports, particularly baseball and hockey, southpaws are a dime a dozen. Is it a scheme thing? Coach is not willing to teach their team how to structure and accommodate where they just get cherry-picked by the other sports. And also, if Drew Locke were a lefty, how much does the offensive line change, particularly with Garrett Bowles suddenly covering the front side? Well, I think well, you kind of yeah. answered your question in the question. What's a really important part of being a quarterback? It's having a great arm. If you're a lefty and you have a great arm, let me tell you, quarterback is not the way to go. Go, <laughs> go learn how to throw – go learn how to pitch – become a lefty specialist although the MLB is kind of trying to eliminate the lefty specialist mm-hmm. but even a lefty starter is valuable go do that less work more money less risk yeah that's, say, that's a great what, point yeah what's more valuable the left-handed quarterback there's not value there in fact there's probably a little bit of pushback from NFL and coaches or a lefty thrower in an MLB yeah absolutely that yeah the 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 pushback is that there's some coaches that don't really want to redesign the whole scheme uh, to go from a right-handed quarterback to a left-handed quarterback although a great example of how it worked well it, it is those years in the late 1980s early 1990s when Steve Young backed up Joe Montana you know now, obviously, it was a luxury to have one Hall of Famer back up another. But Joe Montana was right-handed QB. Steve Young was a southpaw. Didn't affect anything. Couldn't they just go into their playbook and press right trigger, and it just flips all the plays for them? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it really – I mean, think of it this way, though. So you've, you've got a kid. He's uh, 12 years old, he's, and he's got a fantastic arm. You know, at this point, the goal is can he get a college scholarship? Well, think about how, especially if we're just, we'll just narrow it to division one. Think about how many division one starting quarterbacks there are, or even if you go into the depth chart, there's, you know, uh, what about 200 division one football schools. We'll say that there's three, Mm -hmm. three quarterbacks on every depth chart. So you're up to 600 possible division one quarterback scholarships. And most teams might not even have, uh, no, they, they probably have about three quarterbacks on scholarship at least. So we'll say there's 600. Well, if you think of all the D- division one baseball programs there are and how many pitchers they might have, I don't know the exact number, but we'll just say there's 15 pitchers on all those teams. Well, technically there's an un, there could be up to 15 lefties on that staff, but even if you cut it down to just seven, there's still double the amount of available scholarships, so you're probably going to move them towards that pitching through that pitching route. Look By the way, here's a trivia. Qu- yeah, well done. By the way, trivia question: Can you name the last 
quarterback to last left-handed quarterback to throw a pass in a game. The so last... quarterback, not like some running back who was on who was on an option. A quarter, a, the last left-handed quarterback to throw a pass in an NFL regular season game. Tim Tebow. No. Michael Vick. You're close. Michael Vick did throw passes in the 2015 season, but he played early in the year. Kellen Moore, ah, yes. Dallas offensive coordinator in a January 3rd, 2016 game against Washington is the last left-handed quarterback to throw a pass in the NFL, which will surely change with Tua Tagovailoa. I'm that was sure actually that- my next guess was that game. <laughs> I'm sure that or is is Kellen Moore still the winningest college football quarterback of all time? He he might be. I think he probably is. Although Tua, well, Tua getting injured at the end of the season probably, uh, and and he didn't play all four. So no, I bet you. Yeah, I bet you it is Tua. still Kellen Moore. Well, yep. in the in the three, I'm looking up Boise State. In the uh, three years he was quarterback, they were fifty and three. It's pretty Damn. good. Or four are you, years? Uh, pardon me. Pardon me. Four years. Because of this, are you guys worried about Tua being a left-handed quarterback? No, because no. you're dev- you're designing your scheme around him from the start. I've flip-flopped on Tua quite a bit throughout this uh, since he you know came on the radar. But I'm to the point. I'm right now. I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't want Tua going to. Uh, any team in the AFC West? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he's. Uh, I think he's pretty good. I don't yeah. think he's like. I, I'm not necessarily sold that he's going to be an absolute star. Um, I think there's a lot of hurdles that he's going to have to clear. But I do. I think his ceiling is is pretty high. I, he scares the, you enough. Yep. He he scares you, and uh, he'll probably scare the team that drafts him a little bit, just because. Until he shows he can stay healthy over the course of a season, you're always going to hold your breath when he takes that big hit. And he does render himself susceptible to those sorts of collisions. So that's, look, that's the only concern I have about him in terms of skill set, in terms of arm, in terms of the ability to learn a complex scheme and execute it, in terms of leadership. He checks all the boxes. The, the health is the concern for me. That's it. Yep, that's that's the only concern I have, and and it's a legit concern. It, it really is. Next one coming in from Chicken Joe, and I love this question, gents. Quick question for you guys: Is Peyton Manning remembered more as a Bronco or as a Colt? I would say a Colt, but I think he meant more to Denver than Indy. Ooh, I gotta disagree with meaning more to Denver than Indianapolis because I'm not sure the Colts are even in Indianapolis if Peyton Manning isn't their quarterback. They mm-hmm. call Lucas Oil Stadium the house that Peyton built because the Colts, they had been just mediocre for a while, and they were losing a little bit of fan interest when Peyton first came in, and he, he changed the landscape. He really made Indianapolis into a football town compared to what it had been before. So I think he's – obviously, we, as much as we love him in Denver, he's remembered more as a Colt, and he meant more to Indy than Denver. Well, I think those are two different questions. I think he did mean more to Indy than Denver. Just, I mean, his career was longer, like you said, what he meant to the city, what he meant to that football team. Uh, and also the Broncos uh, were just coming off Tim Tebow. Now, not that Tim Tebow meant more than Peyton Manning, but I mean, they, they, they had something going for them in terms of exposure. And they also have John Elway. 
And when you have an all-time great, it just it it makes it not as important to get another one. But is he remembered more as a Bronco or as a Colt? Obviously in Denver, the answer is Bronco. So I turned to the Google machine and do this, do this for me, guys. It, you guys don't have to, but Google Peyton Manning's name, then go under images. And what I see, the first two rows, we'll just stick with that because those are the those are the most popular ones. There's 10 pictures, eight of them. He's in a Broncos uniform and I'm, I'm on a private window search right now. So it's not tracking where I am or, or what I've Googled in the past and only two, is he a cult? So I don't know. The internet's telling me he'd be remembered as a Bronco. I've got my, my Google is, has got 11 photos on those first two rows and it's seven in a Bronco uniform, two in a cult uniform one in a Tennessee uniform and one just dressed in his retirement casual outfit of button down shirt sweater over the top of it. Yeah. But nice there's also smile. always in the Google image search, there's always recency bias on this. Well, that's why I went, I went private window to try to avoid any of that. But I mean, I, I nationally, I think people are going to say he's a cult, but look, he had his best season in Denver. Uh, he won just as many Super Bowls in Denver. Uh, he went to just as many Super Bowls in Denver. His best, what, four-year stretch was in Denver. So I guess we'll know when he goes in the Hall of Fame next year and we see uh, what banner they hang outside of Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. Of course, that was an issue several years back when Junior Seau got into the Hall of Fame and they displayed a banner with him in a Patriots jersey. Wow. Yeah, I think Colts. I think Colts fans will freak out when there's anything Broncos surrounding Peyton Manning. And Indiana's only one state over from Ohio, so <laughs> yeah. Man, the 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 Colts really just blew that one, sending Peyton backing. <laughs> one of the, yeah. I mean, like one of the dumber moves in sports history. What'd you think about it in the moment? Uh, I still thought it was dumb back then because. Even as as Andrew Luck was touted as this, you know, once in a lifetime or once in a generation prospect, there are no guarantees. Heck, for all you know, he might just retire early right out from under you and then you're SOL. Oh, wait, that's exactly <laughs> what happened before he won anything. So there are no guarantees when it comes to the draft. And are there no guarantees about someone coming back from, you know, a surgery like that? Sure. But I'll take the one who has already solidified himself as one of the best quarterbacks of all time over the guy who, you know, had a couple of nice seasons at Stanford. Now, what right. do you think would have happened if Andrew Luck had come out a year earlier? A lot of people thought he would declare for the 2011 draft, and they decided to go back for a senior season, and thus you don't have Andrew Luck at the top of the 2012 draft. If that happens, then Peyton Manning stays with the Colts, and who knows where the Broncos are, and that might be a great what-if piece. Mm, that would be uh, Tim Tebow is still our quarterback Brandon Whedon first round pick of the Broncos in 2012 no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> well Brandon Whedon is essentially the Garrett Bowles of quarterbacks so Ugh. oh why does he grab pe does he grab defenders as he's trying to elude them does he no, grab he's, people he's, he was old when he got to the league <laughs> yeah. oh. he was even older wasn't he wasn't he 27 yes. yeah he was, he was in his late 20s yikes how just how <laughs> played baseball 
I know. Same thing happened with Chris Frankie back in the day. What I'm saying is, how do you draft someone in the first round who has, at most, we're not going to include Tom Brady in this conversation, a 10-year career ahead of them? Like, that's the best-case scenario. It, leave it up to the Cleveland Browns to do that. Just shocking. <laughs> not really, I guess. Anyway, on to the count. Gents, transport yourself to anywhere in the world you'd like right now. You get to be there with the people you love for two full days. Money is no object, and you will return in full health and with buoyed spirits. Where do you go and why? I'm going to the Seychelles, the Seychelles Islands. Where I don't even know if it's off Africa, India, kind of in between those two. Just so remote to get to. And if money's no object, definitely go in there. I'm going to Maui. Mm. I'm going to Folsom Field for a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Who are they playing? Nebraska. Mm, night game? Yep. All black? Yep. <laughs> Including <Yeah>. my mind. <laughs> uh, I, and I, you might think I'm joking, but I'm dead serious. If I have no, an I know you're not joking. Anywhere in the world, that's what I'm taking. <laughs> As long as there's a game. Um, and then since it's two days, we just keep the tailgate going through the night, camp at the stadium, <laughs> and then just party the whole next day, too. So, so is wouldn't the game... you want the game to be on the second day? Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're yeah. right. Yeah, you go, you go to the tailgate lot on Friday. You spend all of Friday there, camp out there that night, wake up, party the whole day leading up to the game. Wow, that is – that would be incredible. <laughs> That's a dream. They should allow – somewhere should allow that to become a tradition because right now they won't let you in the lots until a few hours – like probably like I think six hours before the game or something. Somewhere should – maybe just do it a once-a-year tradition, the camp out. Everyone goes and camps, kind of like they do – you know, uh, the students do it, like Cameron Indoor, um, to get their tickets. But like let the whole fan base do it and camp out at, on the lot for one night. Yeah, Sounds like either. what they do at NASCAR races where some of the <laughs> – the campers arrive on like Thursday mm-hmm. for a wow. Sunday race. And, and they they were, and of course in this day and age, it's, you know, this was an interesting thing, but when there was a race that was canceled in Atlanta last month, there were a bunch of campers that despite it all still showed up. <laughs> it's part of the lifestyle. Yeah. You either got to do it before the first game of the season or like before your biggest rival game. Uh, yes. I, I, first game of the season would make a lot of sense since it's like in the summer, basically. Right. Right. Yep. Next one coming in from mile high Mike family. Just want to make sure I made it clear that I wasn't putting drew in the Mahomes category yeah. yet. Zach made a great point point extending the statistics to the first five games. It's pretty clear. Patty is something really special. And as much as we hate Casey, I consider it a privilege watching him play and to be able to experience his impact on the NFL and football in general. I only hope more than ever that Drew can be good enough to give us fun and exciting matchups for the next few years against KC. And speaking of exciting games against KC, I'm honestly surprised while talking so much about great Broncos games like the Dallas shootout, nobody has mentioned week 13 in 2013 at Arrowhead. Mace knows what I'm talking about. It's got everything. PFM throws five touchdowns and the Chiefs still make it a nail biter. Great game. Oh, and by the way, that I mentioned four of those touchdowns were caught by my boy, Eric Decker. We all love DT, but I think we overlooked this guy. He was one of my favorite aspects of the Manning era Broncos. I still have his 87 jersey. And so, don't forget about that game 
That was the no Sean Moreno tears down his mm. face during the national anthem game. Yes, mm. that's a fantastic little clip. Yes, so it is. to wrap up my already too long comment, how do you guys rank the 87 in Broncos history? I think Fant is still below Decker on that list for now, with plenty of time and potential to change my mind. I hope he does. What do you guys think? I've spoken, Mile High Mike. Well, 87 is one of the great numbers in Bronco history because you go back to the 60s into the early 70s, and both Tombstone Jackson and Lionel Taylor wore 87, and those two are 1-2 still to this day in terms of wearing 87, then followed by Ed McCaffrey, then followed by Eric Decker. It's a lot of one- and two-year guys that wore 87 aside from that. So you'd probably say Noah Fant right now is number five. And if he gets to the top two, if he somehow pushes out Tombstone Jackson or Lionel Taylor, then congratulations, you've got the best tight end this team has had since Shannon Sharp. Yeah, no offense, way down on the list right yeah. now, and that that's okay. He he just finished his rookie season, and sure, being a first round pick, he has a chance to to really climb that list. When I think of the number eighty seven, though, I think of Ed McCaffrey, but yeah, without it, without a doubt. Yeah, it's it's generational, and I mean, I Ed McCaffrey's who I think of as well. But then knowing just how dominant Tombstone was, you could make a case for him for the Hall of Fame. And Lionel Taylor setting receiving standards for this franchise that lasted three, four decades. To me, they're the clear one, two in number 87 in Bronco history. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. All right. The next one here is from Mile High Mike again. Double comment today. I just wanted to compliment you three on your patience with the constantly repeating questions about trading up in the draft. I feel like there's a new what are the chances question in almost every pod, and you guys managed to answer it differently instead of pointing out that it's been asked several times. Excellent journalism, making everyone feel included. You guys deserve every penny of our subscriptions. I've spoken, Mile High Mike. Thank you so much, Mile High Mike. Thank we, you. We we try to uh, we try to answer if there's a different angle to the question we can find a way to answer it differently um but this actually reminds me it's just i don't know why that we just launched the dnvr lounge which i think a lot of you are going to be really really interested in this is really cool you guys have asked for a forum for a chat room well it's finally here it's called the dnvr lounge it's going to be hosted on discord um if you're you know a gamer or um there's a couple different you know Area, corners of the world that use discord it's a really simple easy to use app uh, if you're on slack it's very similar to slack um, but basically what it's going to be is a chat room and a forum for dnvr members only if you're a member you'll get an email with an invite that is exclusive to you you'll be able to join the chat come around hang out talk broncos avoid all the politics and religion and health and all that stuff talk that's going on right now just just talk broncos which is what i think most people want to do and if you want that other stuff there's other outlets for that but this is going to be a place where you can talk broncos or other denver sports with fellow diehard fans just like yourself um, and really continue the, the conversations that we start on this podcast maybe you're hopping in there to debate you know how many holes are in a straw or what day of the week is sunday it's obviously the last day of the week but if you feel like you want to debate that you could go in there and do that too whatever it is this is going to be really cool I know I mean we've been talking about it for years and finally this kind of break in the action gave Brandon and I and, and Adam and Eric 
a chance to finalize this plan and roll it out. So I'm really, really excited about this. And uh, you guys will get an email in your inbox on Thursday morning to join uh, to join the lounge. And I think it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, we're all about community. And that's just what this is, is just extending the community even more to letting it, to letting it grow even Zach, kind of <laughs> nice timing there on the mute there, Zach. Well done. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's basically, I, I've got my arrow on my screen on my screen with my mouse permanently poised over the mute button. And the more I do this, the more I get to where I'm using it like I would use the cough button on radio. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, that, that's kind of how you have to do it. So well done, Zach, on that, by the way, because uh, why, we're all kind of making our own little noises from time to time. <laughs> why, thank you. And all of this talk just really reminds me of Denver Rubber Company. And guys, it's going to be a snowy, snowy Easter. And so you need to make sure that you have everything you need for snow plows. And Denver Rubber Company is the place it's the one-stop shop for anything snowplow, so snow is not going away. In fact, April's probably going to be a very snowy month, so make sure you check out Denver Rubber Company for all of your snowplow needs. They also have custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, con custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Literally anything that you need done with rubber, Denver Co Rubber Company can do it. So give them a call at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnbr and make sure to tell them that DNVR sent you. You know what? I had not looked at the weather for Easter because, so I'm just hearing this from you, snowy, snowy Easter. I'm like, no, it can't be. I mean, it's 72 <laughs> degrees today and glorious. And there it is, 30 degrees, 70% chance of snow. And then low 40s for the highs next Monday and Tuesday. Yuck. Yeah, I'm enjoying this 70 degree glorious <laughs> weather we're having right now. Yep, yep. It's just the weather trying to say stay home. It's Colorado being Colorado too. And speaking of that, Broncos guy 63 says, hey, not related to football at all. So if you're running short on time, feel free to pass by. I've lived in Utah my whole life and I've wanted to move for a while. Not necessarily because there's anything wrong about Utah, but I feel like one must explore a little bit and stay in the exact same place forever. I've been thinking about moving to Colorado for about four years, but I've never been able to pull the trigger for a variety of reasons. Seeing as you guys have lived in Denver slash Colorado in general, I want your opinions, positives, negatives, any sort of advice you have for me. I know natives probably don't love everyone moving to the city they love so much and being a small transplant city. Is it even mildly realistic to think I can live in town by myself, LOL, Thanks for your time, guys. I appreciate DNVR more than ever right now. Well, we appreciate you, Broncos guy. And I, I think you also kind of answered your own question there. Ryan and I have lived here our whole lives. Mace has moved here and lives here and, and loves it, I think. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we absolutely love it. Literally, the only thing I would change about Colorado is I wish it were located next to a major body of water because I'm much more of a ocean person than a mountain person aside from that it's it's a great place i just wish you could take colorado and move it on the map to where say oregon is well i've got good news for you there are <laughs> lakes that you could go to in it's colorado. not the same if i can see land on the other side that's not what i'm looking for guys i, I like to be able to just sit by the shore, stare off, and know that there's nothing but thousands of miles 
of water that are in front of me and just and and view off to the horizon and see nothing but water it's a lake is not the same it is not the same it's not close <laughs> i i i personally believe lakes are even better no salt that gets in your eyes no sand that gets Ugh. in your pants maybe the worst take you ever had ryan maybe yeah. the worst take i think <laughs> i think lakes are a disgrace to to bodies of water like like mace i don't want to see anything but water yeah i just if it's not in colorado it's not great so <laughs> i can find a way to decide that the thing in colorado is better hey um, it took it took me a while to get to where i really embraced colorado because i was born in virginia then we moved to florida which was out of the original 13 but for years after living 11 years in Virginia, having my family in North Carolina, I thought everything in the U.S. was inferior to the original 13 states. <laughs> wow, really? Wow. An original I've gotten over 13 that now. guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've gotten past that, but, but I lived about 24, 25 years of my life feeling that way. I didn't know that that was a thing, that you had like real original OG 13 supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else Ugh. is just imitators. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah no. I mean, I I love the ocean, but I I guess I'm not just. I don't know. I when I go, even and people are gonna hate this take. When I go to the beach, I I'm not like. I'm just there for the hot weather and the drinks. I don't really care. <laughs> I don't really care about any of the rest of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I then, like, yeah, like I like body that. surfing and boogie board. Yeah, like that stuff is fun for a few minutes, yeah. but it's not any like I, I'd rather just be golfing. Than doing oh, I could, I, I could, and have done that for hours. And you know, one of the casualties of everything being changed this year, at least on a personal level, is our family's annual trip down to Kiowa Island, South Carolina. And literally, my daughter and I, as she's gotten older, we will just go boogie boarding for hours on end in the surf in the in yep. the south atlantic and uh we don't have that and it sucks yeah yeah sign me up that sounds good the best the best my favorite like thing to do on the ocean is to go jet skiing but even that is better on a lake because you don't have to worry about the bumps of the waves <laughs> anyways uh uh from bronco oh no from coach tobin oh we never really answered bronco's guy's question so what was it? Can he live in Denver by himself? I guess uh, he's saying from a like from a, a financial, financial standpoint. Financial, yeah. financial yeah. standpoint would be the most difficult part of living by yourself never because there's so many things to do. So you don't have to worry about being bored and not being able to meet people. Um, I, don't, I guess it depends on your job. Yeah, um, what do you do? Yeah, because Denver isn't New York. It's, it's more affordable than that, but it's certainly not cheap. Yeah, I think as long as you you're able to find a you know a, a regular job, um, you can find a way. I mean, I have friends who are you know bartenders and stuff like that. Like you can make it in Denver off of um, a standard you know working class job. Yeah, now exactly. especially if you're living alone. Yeah. Honestly, if you got yeah, and the other thing is, yes, are you, if he said Denver and Colorado, so are there other spots in Colorado that maybe. Uh, you can get the full Colorado experience, but you don't have to have as high an income. They're a little more, more affordable. Maybe, but Denver is just such an amazing city. I just wouldn't want to lead anyone anywhere else. <laughs> like, I, I haven't even probably said this publicly, but 
Denver has surpassed Boulder as my favorite place in Colorado. Whoa. No way. Wow. I was because I was about to say, would you still put Boulder above Denver? Nope. Man, that is, that is, that's bold. Boulder's great. I love it. I'm really glad I was fortunate enough to grow up there, but as a city in terms of things to do and just uh, being a fun place, um, Denver's better. There's more stuff to do. There's better food. There's, uh, you know, the people are amazing. The people are great in Boulder too, but at least for where I am in my life right now, I would, I like Denver better. Wow. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Love it. Love to hear it. Better in <laughs> everything except for how, uh, where to watch a college football game. <laughs> oh yes. Well, that's a hundred percent true. I can agree with that. <laughs> next one, next one from coach Tobin, sneaky player on current roster that could have a more prominent role next year. My pick is Deshaun Hamilton, new offense and drew lock seem to have a good report with him at the end of the season. Took a tour of Mile High a couple years ago. Tour dude said something along the lines of ticket sales, not sure all, go to maintenance of the stadium and field. Is that true or did I misunderstand? If that's the case and no fans at the game, are we going to be playing on dead grass when we resume? I'm kidding, but I did think that was interesting. Well, it's not entirely true. Now, the ticket sales, they they, they are used uh, for various purposes in the organization and for example you talk about the maintenance of stadium the field and and the upkeep of it well some of that also comes from the rights fees that were sold to empower in fact i'd say probably most of the rights fees from empower are going to go toward stadium maintenance and improvement going forward but in general when you're talking about ticket sales uh, luxury suite sales etc field maintenance is part of that but also a good chunk of that is toward uh, the, the business staff, the business side of it in terms of, you know, in terms of the same marketing, and of course, you're relying on sales and marketing to uh, sell sponsorships, various, uh, various elements of the organization. And so that, that too is part of the whole of ticket sales and what the team generates all that, by the way, sponsorships, premium seat sales, and then, I believe it's a 60% of the general seating sales. That is what you keep and you don't split it among the other 31 NFL clubs. And that's why teams are always looking to maximize what they make from their stadiums because that's because by and large, that's the money that you can keep and not have to share. Whereas you're, the 40% of the general ticket sales, which you share with the opponent and then all the other stuff like, like, uh, television contracts, uh, NFL property stuff for merchandise, things like that. All that is divided 32 ways. That's a very detailed and fantastic <laughs> answer from me. <laughs> from Broncos 419. Hey, guys, back again. Don't have any questions right now. More of a comment as you guys did a great job answering and responding to my last one, and I really appreciate it. My girlfriend and I recently w- welcomed our first child in February. Congrats. And I'm really looking forward to getting us geared up for the draft in our matching Sutton jerseys. Hopefully she'll bring us some good luck and help one of the big three wide receivers or top four offensive tackles fall to us. Living in Toledo, I'm also a big Michigan Wolverines fan, and I was jumping for joy last year when Devin Bush was available for us at number 10, and it broke my heart seeing us trade down and take a tight end. I was so upset I was yelling at the TV, and my girlfriend thought I was crazy. Thankfully, <laughs> starting to prove to be a good move for John as I'm a big Noah fan, and I think he's going to end up being a great pick. 
We are one wide receiver away from making the jump, and thinking about it has me so excited. Anyway, that was all just letting you guys know a little bit about myself. Like always, you guys are the best. You're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. Stay safe out here. Keep odds coming. Well, thanks for letting us know about yourself, saying hello, and congratulations on the new one. And hopefully, mm-hmm. as a big Michigan Wolverines fan, you watched along with us on Saturday as we watched the miracle at Michigan. It was, must have been really <laughs> enjoyable for you. <laughs> Not. <laughs> Next one coming in from Denveria. Hey, Mace, since shipping costs would be a nightmare, any chance I could get your book digitally? Can I purchase it from my Kindle somewhere? Thanks, Triple D. Yes, in fact, I did respond to this, and uh, you'll have to scroll over to get the link, but there is a Kindle version of it. Now, the one thing I'll advise you is I believe it is the first edition of the book, not the second edition, so it doesn't include the chapter on the Super Bowl 50 season, but it has everything else up through uh, 2013 uh, in that book. So go ahead and check it out. Yes, you can download it. It's also Kindle. It's also available on uh, Apple Books, also on uh, the Nook uh, that Barnes and Noble does. So there are multiple digital editions of the book. Maybe about you that, could like, Mace? maybe you could like scan the extra part for him if he buys it and uh, <laughs> sends you the receipt. That's actually not a bad idea. Or you could read it to him. <laughs> oh man, audio <laughs> audio book. Yes, that's true. Uh, Nash underscore EQ. Hi Mace, why aren't you coming on to the Broncos Country Night podcast anymore? Ryan Edwards and Ben used to come every Thursday night, right? Miss you there. It was always hilarious, especially. The mock court cases. By the way, this doesn't mean that Ryan isn't equally enjoyable when he's on their show. Best Alex. Well, I've got a I've got a new daily radio home, uh, four to six over on Mile High Sports with Eric Goodman, and uh, I enjoyed coming on with Ryan and Ben. But uh, there really wasn't uh, money in that for for doing that. So the fact that I could actually get a radio thing and get paid for it as well. That's uh, why I went that direction, but I wanted to make sure that they were in good hands. So I highly recommended to Ryan and Ben that my spot be filled by someone from DNVR. And that's why you're hearing Ryan Konigsberg on there now. There you hey. go. Money talks. If you want Andrew Mason to talk. <laughs> uh, and I love jumping on with those guys. They're a lot of fun. So, Oh yeah. They're terrific great to work with a lot of knowledge in there and they have a lot of a lot of fun and it's a fun show totally all right from the big tabowski that's cool you guys clubbed together and got timmy a new xbox shame you didn't get him a ps4 though we need to cross play in madden 21 our ps4 le- cross play sounds like something weird our <laughs> ps4 league uh draft is planned for this friday and still some slots left if anyone wants in going to be a late one for me but i can't wait great com- community spirit though Makes me proud of you guys to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, and that reminds me. Needs to tell you guys that my Ferrari broke down yesterday. Well, we'll band together and get you a new one. Uh, <laughs> the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, make sure you hit those guys up to join the PS4 Madden League. I have to say, it is really cool having 32 teams all together uh, to play in a league like that. So make sure you hit them up. And, and Big Tabowski and also uh, Super Bowling, Maybe once we get this uh, DNVR, ch- once we get the DNVR lounge up and running, it probably will be a lot easier to find people like that. There's going to be a whole channel just for the gaming arm of DNVR, so it might be easier for you to find people once we have that. And that's kind of one of the reasons we set this up—just a way to bring the community um, closer together. 
Ryan, I got to say yesterday on the pod, someone was, was pleading that you don't draft Joe Burrow. Is uh, that in the cards? We'll see. We'll see. As you guys can tell, uh, my season's not going very well. <laughs> in the cards for me. <laughs> but we'll see. I uh, got a lot to think about. We're only in week nine, so a lot can change. You, so what's the record? Uh, oh, and nine. Oh, no. <laughs> so what are you calling it? Like Jones in for Joe? Hmm. Uh, Burrowing for Joe? Sorrow for Burrow? <laughs> uh, jacking, jacking it up for Joe? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? One of, uh, one of my neighbors told me recently when thinking about a hangover, he said, I don't want to borrow from tomorrow's happiness, so I'm not going to drink tonight. And I thought, wow, that's a great way to look at it. But Ryan, you're kind of doing the opposite. You're borrowing from today's happiness to be happy tomorrow by just doing bad this season. It's really funny because I, I used to always say the opposite of that, which was don't let tomorrow's responsibilities kill tonight's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I got to have both of you on my side, you know, one on one shoulder, one on the other to balance it out. Yeah, I will say um, with, with age, I have moved off of uh, partying hard on Saturday nights before Broncos games on Sundays. <laughs> that one, I, I, was, I was leveled by a hangover one time trying to cover a Broncos game. And it, and it really, uh, it was a wake-up call for me because I was like, man, I spent my whole week looking forward to this. And now I'm miserable. So <laughs> Those aren't wake-up calls for me. Those are when I just, I fall asleep mid-game. It could happen if you cover the Hall of Fame game. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I bet. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've moved off of my old phrase, but I still, like, if I didn't have anything to do the next day, I'm not going to be worried about tomorrow's happiness. Let me say that. <laughs> next one coming in from Just Ice. Hold the water. Hey, guys, funniest quarantine moments so far, sports and non-sports related. Also, I need some help, guys. I've been thinking about buying a PS4, but my little brother is telling me to just wait until the PS5 comes out in the winter. Do I wait and get the PS5, or is this time dire to get the PS4 to roll with? Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Just ice. Hold the water. Yeah, that's a good question because um, I think I've kind of made my decision on that, and my decision end up being to wait for the PS5. And as far as scratching my gaming itch, I am doing a, a simulation of the baseball season on a out of the park baseball, which uh, is not, which is more of a strategy game. It's not actually playing it and doing that on my computer. And then if I want to play a game, I have RBI on my uh, iPad, which is, you know, very much kind of a, a video you know it's very it's not really a simulation it's more video game type of thing put it this way i've played like 20 games on rbi i don't think i've walked once so that should tell you how much of a non-realistic simulation it is but that's scratching my itch so i me i'd wait but that's just me all right there you go i would i'm usually the person who says like just wait like when it comes to like a new iphone i'm like oh, i'll yeah. just wait for the next one to come out like but I will say this does throw an interesting wrench in the gears that no one can leave their house right now. <laughs> yes, it, it certainly does. And yeah, that's how I always think of it too, with the phones, with the phones. And, and I would wait. Yep. Uh, from LDJ, hey guys, am I biased or can someone explain the career long hype between, behind Patrick Peterson? I've never seen this dude be consistently shut down. 
He got abused by Calvin Johnson and DT and DeAndre Hopkins, and he is Julio Jones' firstborn son. How did he make all? How did he make three All Pros, especially in 2015, the year of the No Fly Zone? And now he's on the All Decade team over Akib Talib, the co-pilot of the No Fly Zone, who shut Julio down, who single-handedly embarrassed the Cowboys, the toughest cornerback. Tyreek Hill has had to face and had the best battles with Steve Smith and was one pick six away from the all-time record. This is so disrespectful. I can't understand why Patrick Peterson has had a career of hype. I've never considered him top five in his entire career. SMH. Help me understand outside of his athletic ability. What do you guys think? Is he, is he just as overrated as uh, Larry LDJ saying? Yep. No, uh, no. He's an outstanding cover corner. In fact, uh, to me, he was kind of the slam dunk, uh, one of the slam dunk choices. And if you were doing it the old way with first and second team for the all decade, I think Chris would have been a second teamer. And I think Patrick Peterson and Richard Sherman would have been the first teamers. Yeah, I was being half uh, sarcastic there, but I would say that I think Akib Tlaib deserved to be on there. Um, Yes, he did. The problem is if you're going to build a case for someone against someone, you probably have to build the case for Aqib Tlaib against Chris Harris Jr. Yep, exactly. And I got to say, I'm shocked that Chris got that above Aqib. I am too, especially since Aqib played for the Patriots. Yeah, and <laughs> I, it's, it's really true. And uh, Yeah, and in L.A., although he didn't really do much in L.A. Um, but he, he was there. Yeah, so I don't know. Patrick Peterson's pretty damn good. Also, all those guys that you mentioned have bodied really good corners at some point in their career. Yep. All right, next one. Bucks have new uniforms officially. Are they the ones that we thought they were, the ones that leaked the other day? The ones that leaked the other day uh, on a Uniwatch. So it's, it's a look that is very similar to what they had from 1997 to 2013. Uh, the biggest alteration is now there's a pewter alternate jersey. Uh, there's a lot of buzz that when the NFL allows multiple helmet shells in 2021, as has been rumored, that's when you're going to see the old school uh, orange uh, make a comeback. But I, I am very pleased with the Bucks look because really, to me, they had no reason to change after the 2013 season. There was nothing wrong with that uniform. So it's good to see this. Man, uh, I don't like these. It's getting a lot of good reviews. I don't like them. They're too basic. That's the point. (laughs) Yeah, I I like basic, honestly, when it comes to this stuff. It's when you don't get – it's when you get away from basic that you start making – mistakes they look like that's Tyson. that was the bucks m- m- mistake in 2014 they try to get too cute too complicated too much going on this is a simple uniform i love that they kept the pirate ship on the sleeves it's a very it's an above average uniform well uh, just it looks like a high school uniform you know just no, oh, creati- oh, no creativity oh. no creativity Ooh. at all and also Ooh. what do they what do they have they got chris godwin wearing 12 that's mm. probably because they did this before they knew that TB12 was going to be there officially. <laughs> I I think these are fantastic. The only thing I, I – it looks like the logo on the helmet is one of those oversized logos still. I hate those. Um, yeah, it looks like they kept that uh, status quo from uh, the 2014 redesign. But the, that's, a, that's a minor quibble. I, I'm so glad to be rid of those ridiculous – 
uniforms of the last six years. I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> yeah, these are, this is a good uniform. I, I give it my seal of approval. Wow. All right. Wow. Next, I'm next impressed. One, well, next one here is from World of Suck. Guys, I've been trading back. Need, uh, oh, I think trading back needs to be considered much more seriously. Ugh. You guys need to get Hank on the pod to join this conversation. The dude wrote a paper in college arguing the thesis that the team that trades down in the NFL nearly always wins. By the way, Mace Hall of Famer Steve Outwater also thinks trading down would be good. And we know that John Elway doesn't shy away from trading back either. I know, it's a nightmare. Ryan keeps saying we have as much draft capital as we possibly need, but I disagree. If your picks aren't valuable picks, you don't have good capital. In real life, you don't have a ton of capital just because you have a stack of $1 bills with a few fives and 20s mixed in. And you make a good point, and I'll get to that in a second. Top 50 picks are where you find the most players who make an impact right away. There's a lot of talk about how we have five picks in the first three rounds, but not many are mentioning that we only have two of those picks in the top 75. With the picks we have right now, we will likely come away with two guys who can contribute week one. I just think we can do better than that. At the end of the day, the best case is to draft Judy, Lamb, or Ruggs uh, that falls to 15. I'm on board with that. But if they're all taken by that point, I'm trading back if I can. Just my thoughts. Thanks for all the good work. Okay, so I'm going to circle back here. You said, like you said, you, you, your capital isn't valuable unless you have valuable draft capital. Completely agree. So take all of those crappy picks at the end of the draft, package them together to move up, take as many picks in the first three rounds as you could possibly get, and then call it a day. And on top of that, take two or three of your third round picks and move up so that uh, you take all of those later round picks so that you maybe get back into the third or a fourth round. And then you take some of those third round picks and move back into the second. Then you have two second round picks, a first round pick, and you're not trading back. Yep. All right. Let me offer you a hypothetical here. Let's say that you traded back from 15 and picked nope. up a second yeah, round like pick. <laughs> All right. Just listen. And at 15, you could have had CD Lamb. You trade back a few picks, you pick up a second rounder. And with those two selections, you get Denzel Mims and LaVisca Chanel. Nope. No? Nope. I don't like Mims. So you're just not give, gonna be able to give tell me, me two arrows in the quiver anytime. I've got, I've got better chance of hitting the bullseye with two possibilities than one. Just give me a, someone who's an elite, accurate shooter that's going to hit the bullseye on the first try. Yeah, I like getting the elite guy. I like getting the elite guy. Give me the elite guy. I, I, I don't want bullets. I think you make a really good point, though, World of Suck, about how the $1 bills aren't worth anything. So just package as many $1 bills as you can get together to get a 5 or a 20. It is interesting that only two of those picks are in the top uh, 50, though. Most teams, though, only have two in the top 50. Like, if you have two in the top 50, that's that's standard. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. But I, I, like I said, I'm totally fine with taking, uh, you know, what, what was it, five picks in the first three rounds? So yep. take the other two, uh, two of those three that are outside of the top 50 and get back in. Yep, I totally, totally agree. And now final one, I think, coming in from Joseph the Manning. Hey, guys, been a while since I dropped a comment, but how on earth did Randy Moss not come, not come up as the best wide receiver to not win a Super Bowl? For the Broncos, what are your post-free agency ceiling, floors, and wins and losses for this year? I think 7-9 and nine if a lot goes wrong and 12-4 and, and four on the top end. Realistically, I'm expecting 9-7 and seven to 11-5. and five. Thoughts? Thanks for the great daily content. So, Ryan, yesterday we were asked who is the best receiver to not win a Super Bowl. 
Oh, it's definitely Randy Moss. Randy Moss is the best receiver, period. Yeah, Randy I Moss. I said Don Hudson and Steve Largent, but I'm old. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, if you gave me a chance to start a franchise right now and I get prime Jerry Rice or prime Randy Moss, I'm still taking Jer- uh, Randy Moss. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Rice was incredible. He was. Well, yeah, absolutely. Re- redefine the possibilities of the receiver position. Oh, he was amazing, but he's he made from Randy Moss possible. He's from too far. He's from too old, so he wouldn't be as successful in today's NFL. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing with uh, Jerry Rice is that uh, not only is he the goat of wide receivers, he's the goat of wedding crashers. <laughs> that's a habit that he has like he plays a lot of golf in the san francisco bay area and at a lot of golf clubs they you know on saturday they're hosting wedding receptions and he got in the habit of after he was done with his round showing up at the wedding reception crashing it and of course he's jerry rice so everyone wants to see him wow <laughs> free booze who can say no exactly <laughs> um Smart I, man. so when i went to the super bowl in uh 2015 um my mom said i just want one thing i want you to send me a selfie with a hall of famer (laughs) i was like all right i can do that um so the first opportunity i got was with jerry rice and i went to hold up the selfie in the proper angle and he was like no give me that i got this and he did it super low and just got a terrible angle of both of us. Oh, like and, under uh, the chin? Yeah, yeah. It was wow. so bad. I'm like, why didn't – he, like, took the phone out of my hand when I was about <laughs> to do it. Did and, you almost slap Jerry Rice? Like, slap his hand? Yeah, I should have just stripped him. <laughs> um, and so I ha- now I have this unusable photo of <laughs> Well, what did mom think of it? Uh, I mean, she appreciated it. <laughs> it was more of the thought that I was thinking of her while I was there that she appreciated. Not that Jerry Rice totally messed it up. Yeah, not that we got an underview of Jerry Rice's gray beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now this is the last one from Coach Tobin. Sneaky player. Oh, oh, we are, we already got that one. Um, somehow it got in there twice. But ah, sneaky comment. It sounds like. Yes, yeah, sneaking around back into the comment section trying to get it in twice. <laughs> but. I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. Um, Again, like I mentioned, keep an eye on that inbox to get your link to join the DNVR lounge tomorrow. It's going to be really cool. Um, And you, you probably won't hear Well, you definitely won't hear this in time to know about this, but you can go check it out on Periscope right after this podcast finishes up. We are going to do the very first live mock draft. We're going to be doing a series of these where we change who has what pick, but we're going to have, the three of us and the two draft guys live. Zach, on- you still there? Yep. Yeah. We're going to have the two of these guys, uh, the, the two of those guys from the draft and the three of us on the draft podcast or from the draft podcast doing a live draft on Periscope. So this will be the first of the series. You can go find it on Periscope once you've heard this. It's going to be really fun. And we're going to see, we're going to go one to 15 and see who the Broncos end up with. Uh, before I let you go, I want to give a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. They're in Lakewood and they're the best damn family owned dentist group in the metro area. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them after all this is done, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you check that out and we will talk to you later on the DNVR Broncos podcast.